If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. G-A-L-D-E-M-G-A-L. <laughs> this song is good. Hello and welcome to Galdem's first ever podcast. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name's Liv, I'm Galdem's founder. And for those of you who don't know, Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives and creative work of women and non-binary people of colour. Hello, I'm Charlie. I'm the head of editorial at Galdem and I'll be co-hosting our podcast with Liv. We're super excited to be starting our journey with you. Each week we'll invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up with Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome Welcome to our podcast, Growing Up with Galdem. Today, we are really, really excited to be joined by the incredible Emma Dabry, author, researcher, presenter, woman of many, many talents, and you'll see her kind of words all over the place. Um, She's also the author of the incredible book, Don't Touch My Hair, and also recently founded a platform called Disobedient Bodies, which is a virtual space and book club which celebrates and encourages disobedience. So thank you, Emma, for joining us today. My pleasure. We're really excited to have you here. 
So excited to have you here. It's a running joke in at the Galdam office actually that I am like your biggest fan. <laughs> so <laughs> they're gonna Not a joke. they're gonna be making fun of me for this. Yeah. <laughs> but, the feeling's mutual. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously I am very, very pleased to have you on the podcast. I was just wanted to ask as a sort of starting point to like ease our way in, like how have you been finding this weird lockdown period? It's it's been a bit different for everyone, it seems. Yeah, it's had its challenges, but there's also been things about it that like I would like to kind of have more of in my life. Like until lockdown, I traveled like a lot. Now I don't travel at all. So it's it's quite nice the amount of time that like, I've been able to spend at home. And also like I have an eight month old baby. So this is kind of a period where I would have liked to have been able to do kind of like more work from home but I was having to travel like quite a lot like with him and stuff um and so now everything I do is from here so that's been kind of nice but I find you know I find particularly as I was saying the layout of my house like extremely challenging because I've been doing like a lot of broadcast stuff and a lot of podcasts bits and conversations and, and, and whatever with with people um online and it's really hard for me to um find like a quiet spot because it's all it's all open plan and I also have to kind of like make everybody else like remain how can you do that yeah (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so usually if I'm organizing anything like for disobedient bodies if I'm like speaking to an author or something it's always like at nine o'clock people are like oh it's quite late and it's because I have Mm. to wait wait till like everyone's asleep and then I also have to be aware of like not make not waking them up because of it being open plan. I mean, they're on a different floor, but um, there's still the way the noise travels. I totally appreciate that. I was wondering, um, Disobedient Bodies, was that something that you came up with in lockdown or did you have the idea and then like were able to sort of start doing more stuff with it after lockdown? No, I just had the idea. I had the idea during lockdown and it just came to me and then I just like set up the site and the, and the page and just like did it kind of like in an, in an impromptu way but then it was kind of early on in lockdown and I was just like okay like a lot of things I do are on hold a lot of things are like paused um let me let me do this like I have I have the time (laughs) yeah right like basically like as soon as I set it up my work just like went crazy so I was just like oh shit how am I going to like maintain this on top of all this other stuff that I'm supposed to be doing as well so yeah just I don't know I like pandemic or not I never seem to like have enough time which is actually one of the themes of like, don't touch my hair um, as well. Like I have a chapter about time and our kind of chronic lack of it um, in in that. But like, yeah, even in this pandemic period, it's still the challenges remain the same. And then uh, my son, my elder son not being in school, there basically being like no kind of childcare whatsoever is also mm. like I can't lot, imagine that, you but know? it sounds intense. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a lot. Mm, mm, mm. I guess yeah I'm feeling I'm feeling slightly grateful for that 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 amount of time at home as well for sure because you can spend so much time just like you said out and about traveling and meeting people and going to things and events and stuff and it's nice to not have any kind of like forced obligations in that sense but I also very much hear you on time never being enough and I feel like whatever space or place I am in my life whatever it is that I'm doing for some reason all the hours seem to just get filled you're like you know Right, right. They just get gobbled up. But like, I never have time. Like, I, I'm struggling to like find the time to like watch. Like, that's actually quite often though when you have like a, a, a little baby though. Um, 
it can be hard to like get in the shower even to like find the time um but yeah yeah <laughs> anyway my hair also well you can't see it so that's I can see that it's twisted like you should honestly my my <laughs> hair is is not it's got like like locks forming it is not Yay! in a good way <laughs> um, in terms of my own hair I like okay now I haven't actually had a chance to do it because my schedule like in the last week has just been like beyond ridiculous but up until then what I was finding quite good was like because I wasn't going anywhere um I actually was able to do my hair over like a period of days so I could like wash one section and twist it one day and I could actually do each section like on like over a period of like four or five days so then by the end of it my hair was actually like looking good but it was really taking that that amount of time and it was quite slow so um it was like less it was less stressful um we always try to look back on like the first meeting with with um with our guests yeah I remember meeting you it was just brief but it was in um like a tv was it the bbc in white city yeah I feel like we met there but it was like a I think you were in there and I was in there or something and it was like a passing moment or but we weren't meeting there yeah, we were both in there. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember the first time I met you, and I think it was probably when I bullied a publication into letting me interview you <laughs> for, <laughs> about the book at some point. It I might, love it. <laughs> yeah, it might have been uh, The Guardian or, or something. But um, yeah, always, always someone who's interesting to interview because I think your takes on the world are very unique. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, should we talk about your extract? I know it's not a traditional extract, but it's more memory of... Was it a boy book? It was a boy book, yeah. You know what? That's the thing. I want to, like, let go of the shame because basically <laughs> I feel that, like, girls were, like, really shamed for, you know, like, if you were, like, actually... So the whole, like, kind of teenage thing was set up around, like, kind of romance and like kind of flirtation and like all of these things but yet at the same time you weren't actually allowed to like kind of like enjoy it and the idea that so even though like it was what everyone was obsessed with when you were kind of like 14 15 like at the same time there was like a stigma like you weren't like a serious person like it was very frivolous particularly in Ireland there was like a lot of like slut shaming not even that anybody was like having sex it was weird there were very contradictory like messages on one hand it was like so the social world in many ways like revolved around the opposite sex but then at the same time weren't allowed to like really own that or to like yeah it was just seen as something that was like frivolous and you weren't like a serious person or you were just like a slutty girl you know so I'm gonna like reclaim the fact that I actually just really liked boys and I just really liked boys flirting with me I don't know if I like flirting with them as much because I was actually quite shy but I liked them flirting with me I I feel like growing up in London we were definitely doing more than more than that with boys at that eight that kind of stage but I, I remember like me and some of my 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 best friend we'd we'd make like lists of boys that we'd done stuff with and like use different symbols next to like to mean you know you got fingered by them (laughs) (laughs) okay so there might be like a little bit more than kissing but nobody was like going the whole heart you know yeah 
It was the same in Scotland, yeah. Uh, but I, I'm much older. Like, not that people were like more innocent. I don't know. I, I remember going, coming to the UK when I was 14, actually, on my way to, um, on a school trip, on my way to um, Amst- at Maastricht, Amsterdam. And um, we saw, like, I might have mentioned this to you before, Charlie, I'm not sure. But it just seems so bizarre now. We saw condom machines in the toilets and we were like, oh, my God, like, what is England? This heathen land. <laughs> Condoms <laughs> available like yeah. that. Really shocking. Because at this time in Ireland, it was like, like they had to be like prescribed, you know? You oh, didn't goodness. just see a condom machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, tell us a bit more detail on your boy book. Like what, what did it look like? Who, who was in it? So I, I, had the, I had the boy book until really recently. I think it's actually at, at my mom's house in Ireland. Um, so I've seen it like in the last few years. It was a small black book, like a mini notebook um, with a red spine. And um, it basically just had the names of all the boys that I had. So it was called like, like getting off with. Getting off with was just like yeah, snogging. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, or like meeting was the other thing we used to say. Like... Or, or wearing, but that was a bit more vulgar, even though it's just like, oh, that's another thing. Like a lot of Irish, a lot of Irish <laughs> slang or like um, the like the vernacular, like, yeah, the Irish slang. It sounds, now when I say it, like to my anglicized ears or to English people, it sounds really vulgar. Mm-hmm. Like the words sound so much like harsher than like what people say in England. Is that the same in Scotland? Even though um, it doesn't sound as bad, it doesn't sound as strong when you're saying it there i'm trying to think of a good example because there definitely is one but like the one i'm thinking of is probably too rude even for this podcast um like they would say yeah some of my friends would like when they were describing like the act of sex would use like like words like oh i'm trying to think of a good one it'll come to me it'll come to me but like it would be very like it'd be very like um physically descriptive like you know like Almost like wearing, like slotting it, like it's like very, like you know. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it does. T- graphic kind yeah. of. Yeah. But you don't but like, view it like that. You don't view it like that because it's just like normalized. Not at all. Yeah. But when you take it out of context and say it like in England, like it sounds, it just sounds really like extreme, you know. But it was just kind of quite casual. So the book was divided into like I categorized the 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 boys according to like their attractiveness um so the top rank was ride so ride sounds quite full-on but ride is just like a hop it's just a hop it just means hot so you'd be like oh he's be like oh he's a ride she's a ride you're a ride like it means like it's just literally the equivalent of hot but now it sounds like oh god that sounds quite graphic you know um but yeah so it was ride and then it was okay and then it was gross but gross was kind of like a special, like a special category that like was thankfully like not, like gross didn't happen that often. And there'd be mitigating factors, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, it, yeah, so like kind of the more rides, I, it's actually quite objectifying, isn't it? Like, Oh, I just remembered, guys, I just remembered what the word is in Scotland. It's, it's like you'd say that you, you're going to pump someone, like you're Ooh. pumping, like, yeah. Which is quite, it's like, in a way, it's quite graphic. But, like, yeah, I, I pumped that, that guy. 
pump that girl, whatever. Is, yeah. that, actually, is that actually like for sex or just yeah, yeah, for getting for, off? That's for sex. That's for sex. Yeah. Okay, because this like ride isn't for sex. It's just for like physical attractiveness. But it yeah. sounds very. Sexual. It does. Yeah, it does. So it was ride okay, and then gross, and then I'd have like the boys' school was like really important, which is so fucking random. Um, and because there some schools kind of like made you more attractive than like other schools. Like some schools were kind of like like cool schools, and then some some schools were just like like who goes there? We were the hoes on the hill. That was my. School. Oh my god, my school was the whorehouse on the hill. Any girls' school on the hill. If yeah, there you go. Oh, wow. I, I, thought, I thought we were special. <laughs> <laughs> We've all yeah. been through it. Warehouse on the hill um, was where I went to school. Yeah, that, that, was, that was my boy book. Because as I was saying um, to the, your researcher, I was just like, I feel like kind of, like boys were kind of my hobby. So I was just like keeping, you know, keeping notes on my, on my little hobby. Yeah. I think I think that's that's really interesting because like obviously yeah like I will not be erased the book that we put together which kind of inspired this pod- podcast it involved us kind of going back into our past and like bringing up all these diary entries and, and so on and so forth and I have to admit that even though I wrote about something completely different for my entry in the like in the book I'd say about 90% of the book I mean my diary was me just talking about boys obsessed I was obsessed um yeah back back then um and it's yeah and it's it's interesting what you're saying Emma about people not being open about it even though it's 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 something that's like pretty much forced down your throat from when you're a very young teenager I felt like it was always like everyone had to know who was crushing on who and um and that was in all of our like the literature that we read and the like the films we watched and tv shows we watched so yeah Absolutely, absolutely. And there was like, there was such social status, like attached to like who you got off with or like who you were dating, you could get off with, who fancied you. Um, Like, yeah, it was like, I think like, I do think like, uh, when I think about it, like, you know, a lot of the girls would be, a lot of the guys would be into other stuff as well. Like they'd be like into sports or like they'd like, you know, be DJs or like whatever. And then the girls would be more, certainly in my case, um, it's more like you're just into the boys, you know? So I feel like that as well. I feel like that as well. I feel like all the boys were in bands and like making weird like music and some, in some regards you just see, yeah, the girls are kind of just following the boys. And that, exactly. was, that, was, the, that was the thing. I remember following the boys after school on the bus or like, you know that not that sounds really weird but no but it, I totally get it yeah yeah or like go to like I'd go to like all these like rugby matches I don't know oh my god say <laughs> I don't know anything about rugby but it's because like the boys that were playing you know yeah I remember like I joined the basketball team in my school because I had a crush on a guy who like who 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 like I think he was the head of the basketball team and I like stuck it out like I went for like a solid like few months in an attempt to sort of like talk to him and it was just so yeah it wasn't my finest hour god if he ever listens to this he'll be like what the fuck um (laughs) Um, though I remember at prom there was this moment where we were we were trapped in like a like a closet together and and you know when like you should have taken the moment to like kiss someone but we just then this girl like barged in and it was like it was over and then like I I actually don't think I've perhaps not seen him since that day actually 
which is really interesting. Really? Yeah, yeah. Are you guys still in, like, contact? No, not at all. Like, on, on social media or something? Like, would he... Oh, I think we're still Facebook friends. So, I mean, it's, possi- yeah. it's possible that he'll listen to this and be like, wow, you know. I remember, I remember that, and that's not my perception of events, but, like, cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's funny. It's funny to think back over those past loves and um, missed opportunities. Was there, when you sort of looked back or when you look back at the boy book, is there anything that surprises you, Emma? Is that, does it like, how does it make you feel? I think like that point that I was just making that we were just talking about, about um, like the, the focus on boys to like the detriment of, so I'm like, it was my hobby. Like, why the fuck was that my hobby? You know, <laughs> like, why was I not like kind of cultivating my own interests? Part of me is like, I have so many things that I'm so like passionately into now. And it have been for many, many years. But it's interesting to think like at that period that I guess, the main thing I was thinking about was boys, but I guess maybe that's got to do with like hormones and like puberty. And also there just not really being that much to do, you know, there weren't really that many options for really socializing and socializing really, um, it was just school and then that, you know, and um, socializing really revolved around like drinking in fields with boys and going to discos where like the main thing exactly <laughs> where like and we actually had like slow sets so I don't know if they're just like super archaic did you have slow sets like still I think it was it was a bit yeah I think I think it was a bit uh, like before our time <laughs> like I, I can remember it like in like old like when I was like in primary school they'd put on like a slow song or whatever but like I can't remember it happening when we got older I'm just gonna ask do you feel like there was a moment where like what was the moment in your teenage life or your like you know young life that boys started to become so important I'm just interested in like when that is a thing that happens for us why I was very religious like until like from 10 to 12 I was like very actively like seventh-day adventist and then um, I started, um, I started sec- we started secondary school like a year older in Ireland. So I started secondary school when I was like 12. And a lot of the things that were, because, you know, Seventh-day Adventism is quite strict. So a lot of the things that were completely forbidden, like, you know, drinking and kind of thing. Obviously, like, also this is Ireland, so drinking culture was like really like the kind of main thing were like forbidden. And I started to have like just a lot of like questions about the faith and the Bible and stuff that couldn't be answered. And then I also was starting secondary school and wanted to like do all of the things that my school friends were doing, which was like wearing makeup, going out, getting off with boys. So I kind of like stopped going to the church and kind of, I guess, went from being like really pious to like being like a little tear away, you know? I don't even know if I was a little tear away. I was just kind of wanted to do what my friends were doing. But I actually feel like me doing those things was kind of read differently because of race, you know? So obviously these were all like white Irish girls and guys. So 
if I was anything other than like extremely well behaved, it was interpreted like very differently to other people who it was more just like, oh, that's just how, that's just how kids are. But for me, it was more like, oh no, this is like delinquency, you know? That was also from the home too, because I had a very, my stepfather was like a very disciplinary and stern, almost like Victorian seeming kind of like patriarchal figure. So yeah, he was like very like disapproving of all of this stuff as well. So it wasn't just like outside perceptions. It was also in the home. Did that make you at the time want to kind of like quote unquote rebel more? No, you know what? I was never one of these people that was just like, yeah, I or I was never as a kid or a teenager being like, I want to rebel. Like, I want to be really different. That wasn't like a conscious thing that I wanted to be. It just seemed like... Un- like unavoidable. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can really empathise with that. I really can. Like, certainly, I think, yeah, for me growing up, I very much wanted to fit in. But it felt like the circumstances of my existence wouldn't allow for that, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 very much. Absolutely, absolutely. And because, like, my parents, like, weren't together, because my parents had separated. um, So I say my stepdad, but, like, my parents are actually still married because there was no divorce in Ireland when they split up. And obviously divorce came later, but they, my dad was already back in Nigeria. They didn't bother, like, getting divorced. So, Oddly, they're actually still married, but they weren't together. And my mom had a new, like, long-term partner um, who's, like, my younger brother's dad. But because, like, he wasn't my dad, like, and my parents weren't together, there was so much stigma, like, around that as well. So with race, so even with race, with my parents not being together, there was just a lot of, you know, oh, of course she's, like, of course she's going to be, She's one to watch, you know, that's like this kind of idea that I wasn't like an appropriate person to be, to be like friends with. I know some of my um, school friends, parents gave them a little pep talk about like why I wasn't an appropriate friend because of cultural differences. I never found out, I never found out what they were, but I remember one of the mums, apparently this was reported back to me, was like, there'd be certain things that would be like, you know, appropriate for Emma that wouldn't be like appropriate for you. So I never, (laughs) they were never named as such. But if you have that kind of narrative going on, as well Mm. as an interest in boys, you know, Mm. it's like, wow. That's really interesting. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. What um, advice would you give to your, like, kind of younger self in relation to this specific time period and, and context? Ooh. <laughs> it gets better. And also just, re- like, relax. Like, relax. You're grand. You're grand. <laughs> you're, you're, like, it's fine. I guess I was so concerned with, because I was, like, such an object of scrutiny, you know, because, like, there were so, so few black people or people of color or, like, anyone that wasn't white, there was so much scrutiny and comment on like everything that I did that I became like incredibly like self-conscious so I was I feel like I was never like comfortable because I always felt like I was really like people were like watching like my every move kind of thing Dublin was also like it's a small city it's changed a lot now and that there's been like a lot of migration there from like other parts of the world that wasn't the case when I was a teenager, so even quite apart from race, everyone just knew each other. Like you knew everybody's surname, you knew everybody's families. You just It was a place where you couldn't really get away with anything. Everybody was always talking and gossiping 
And then on top of that, like I really stood out and really like attracted like a lot of attention. So it just made me really uncomfortable. So if I could tell myself that, I don't know, I I don't know, because I don't know that I could change that reality, but maybe Mm -hmm. I could just relax about it a bit. It would have been hard to relax though. I really don't know. I don't know what I would tell myself. It's hard, I suppose, because it kind of makes you feel at times as though, you know, there are certain things that like we're meant to go through a mentor experience and are meant to be a part of this kind of journey of growth and development, regardless of how difficult they might be sometimes. So it's hard to say. Yeah, hard, hard, hard. For sure. And what do you think that your younger self would think about where you are now? Do you think she would be pleased or confused or <laughs> gassed? Gassed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she'd probably be disappointed that like that I don't live in Atlanta, to be honest, because I was like so obsessed <laughs> with moving back there. Probably really, really happily surprised that a lot of the issues that I was, you know, having very combative um, encounters with people about from a young age, because I was always very, like, outspoken about race. And I was usually quite resistant to people's racialized assumptions about me. Not always, but usually I would challenge them. And that made my life quite combative and it would be I think that that younger me would be amazed that those conversations now kind of happen at like a national level but also like at a inter, at an international level that even people that I was close to that were defensive and hostile and racist and resistant to talking about these things now kind of get it to an extent I don't think I could have like foreseen that and I think that used to just make me feel so isolated and feel like I was just going crazy and it was like me against the world I think seeing how the world is now would would be a relief but I probably wouldn't be able to believe it you know yeah I think I think especially I don't know if you agree Emma but especially in this particular period that we're, we're in um yeah it's been like a it's been horrific in terms of like seeing um these cases of 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 death and like um injustice happening on like yeah on such a scale but i also think it i'm i'm like tentatively hopeful for the cultural change and shift that seems to be occurring in some spaces and like even even you know seeing people like sharing the resources that you put on your Instagram and stuff and like seemingly engaging with with like issues to do with like race and and justice on and like transformative justice on like a new level is really exciting I think um yeah I don't know if, if you guys agree <laughs> yeah what was that that pe- people were were sharing um Angela Davis's thoughts and saying you know if she's excited I'm excited so <laughs> something is definitely shifting something is definitely moving I feel like people will share things that Angela Davis has said but then behave in ways that suggest they're not really engaging with what she's actually saying beyond a, like a, a soundbite 
the it's, well that's the thing isn't it it's it's and I think this is something that we've been like speaking about quite a lot in terms of like you know the influx of support that you might see or influx in people following you or like deciding that you're the page that they're gonna like come to to feel some sort of like you know to avert their potentially white guilt or whatever it is it's like yeah how how deep are people going how much people engaging beyond like following that page or like sharing that thing and so yeah I mean there are there are two two sides to it because I'm seeing evidence of some people actively engaging and as as ever with the noise of social media it's also very easy for it to feel as though it's sometimes quite just vapid I don't, I don't know because mm. when when I hear Angela Davis like speak at length what she's kind of proposing mm, seems quite at odds with a lot of the discourse that I'm seeing, particularly on Twitter, which I find a disturbing place. Twitter makes me like lose my faith in humanity at the moment. And I, I can't believe I once, I once thought it was like, it was once a place where I was actually able to connect. I mean, this still happens occasionally, but like less and less and seems to be drowned out by quite, I don't even have, I don't even know what, but um, I, yeah, t- Twitter for me, there used to be somewhere where I was like more like kind of connecting with like kind of interesting people and ideas that I wouldn't have been able to communicate with or kind of access easily otherwise. But I don't know, it just seems to have been kind of hijacked to a to an extent and also I think this really weird time where people are like yeah anti-capitalism like it's kind of like on trend to just be like yeah the revolution will not be cap will not be capitalized I don't know will not be commodified like so it's like there's there's like this kind of expectation that everybody's like yeah fuck capitalism but then there's absolutely no evidence of that idea affecting anyone's behavior you know and I found like I did a tweet about I guess it, it was just a place where I expressed this idea that's been that's, that's been bothering me that was um and it seems to have like kind of caught people's attention but it was just like the revolution will not be what was it diversity in advertisement campaigns because there should be representation I'm not in any way saying there should like there needs to be representation okay that's like that's a given but there seems to now be this idea that like representation is revolutionary representation should just be normal okay and I just find people being like demanding fast fashion brands who use child labor who use exploited women's labor in the global south but also in this country demanding that they make a statement or demanding that they make their ad campaigns more diverse what why it's like that it's like that thing of like rather than you know like and people will be talking about abolishing prisons but that attitude is not an abolition attitude it's a higher more female guards attitude you know so I don't really care if like a pretty little thing campaign is more diverse I actually like would rather they were boycotted yeah yeah it's a similar conversation we had like not not that similar, but, like, it, it just reminded me of a conversation that we had, like, a few months ago about, like, getting more people of colour into, like, the Tory cabinet. Um, and, like, <laughs> and obviously it's, like, but that doesn't, that's not going to solve anything because, like, as has been evidenced by, like, Pretty Patel, who is, like, a, a, as 
just as bad as her predecessors, Amber Rudd, Theresa May, whoever else. Like, she still doesn't want immigrants in this country. Like, putting putting a black or brown face on something doesn't make it politically sound. So I, similarly, I, I totally agree. I think I think there's a lot of work to be done sort of unpicking, unpicking the conversations around diversity and moving them into a place that is effective. A hundred percent. And that's why I feel like people don't really, like Angela Davis's name is like thrown around the place. But I feel like people aren't really like necessarily listening because she is anti-capitalist. And also I feel like there's a failure to connect the dots, there isn't really like that kind of international outlook where people are linking. It's like oppression is only oppression if it's affecting people that look exactly like you, as opposed to all of the oppressed peoples of the world. And that is what Angela Davis is really like vocal about. And so if fast fashion is having it is like kind of exploiting people in the global south in like Bangladesh in like Southeast Asia like that should be that should be as relevant as if it's happening to you know people that look exactly like us you know yeah of course of course I was I was thinking I think it's like um correct me if I'm wrong but I think it was relating to Angela Davis in your book there's like a a a bit where you're talking about like a magazine spread uh, am, am I am I am I on the right track? <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a there was like it was in the late I'm trying to remember 90s, now, but was it was it? in the late nineties. Yeah. yeah, I think it was in Vibe magazine. They did like a fashion photo shoot based on referencing her court case or something, taking the imagery, taking her very iconic imagery, but using it for a fashion shoot when this was still more of a radical thing to do in the nineties. But she was saying that that basically completely like undermined like everything that she stood for and actually penned this essay in response to it breaking down why why that failed to understand what the whole thing had been about and I can't remember more off the top of my head but I thought it was really remarkable that at that stage she actually felt compelled to write an essay as to why this was an issue. Whereas today we see that kind of thing just all the time. And people are like, oh yeah, this is representation. Great, you know? So I just think we have to be more not content with just scraps. Like, you know, like just being in an ad, in a commercial, and just repeating myself, that just being in a commercial for like a fast fashion brand is not, I don't really think it's even progress. Like, you know, I actually think it's, I actually think it's a distraction. All right. Um, okay, so we're we're moving towards the end of our uh, of of the podcast. Unless I'm ranting about capitalism rather than <laughs> talking about boys. No, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's it's super relevant. Yeah, for sure. It's very relevant though. So you know, <laughs> we'll try bring it in. Um, yeah, we've got a couple quick fire round questions that we want to run you through just to wrap up. So the first one we want to know um, what shows you are binging at the moment. So I don't have time, really. But what in, in the beginning of lockdown, I got obse- obsessed with this show called Korean Odyssey. Um, I, like, I was trying to, I, was, I think it's like massive, like, it's massive in Korea. I don't know if it's big. I don't know if it's big elsewhere. I was trying to make it pop. I kept, like, saying to people, watch, like, Korean Odyssey. I was posting about it. No one, no one that I know cared. Like, it just wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't happening. But um, I was obsessed I watched it like the episodes were really long they were like 
an hour and a half. By the time I'd be able to start watching them, it'd usually be quite late at night. So I couldn't watch like loads in a row, but I would watch one like every night. And it's basically, it takes Chinese mythology. I don't know if you're familiar with like the monkey um, epic. It's about all the gods, like the, the Chinese gods, right? So basically it's like a Korean remake of that but the gods are on earth now and they're all like korean pop stars and so the public doesn't like know that actually like these deities and they're actually just really petty even though they're they're like all powerful and omnipotent they're all like just really like vain and petty and kind of jealous it mixes like a lot of genres that i really like together in a way that you don't really see so i lived in japan for a few years and one of the things that had really like interested me about Japan was like I was really into their films and into their ghost stories and the way they make kind of like supernatural films by kind of taking their folklore and putting it in putting it like in a modern twist and Korean um cinema seems to really like and film seems to really do the same so it's taking this like quite like ancient folklore and, and bringing it to the um making it contemporary Okay. All right. Second question. What food item did you miss most during lockdown? Oh, yeah. There were like these like hot chicken wings from Chicken Sours. So as soon as that opened up about four weeks ago, I think on the first day they were open, I got some. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't there, but I got some delivered. And I've had them once a week since. I buy a lot of the M&S chicken wings and put them in the in the oven and they're really nice. They're really good. They're really good. I'm all for, I've, I'm changed. I'm all for like convenience and ready meals and stuff now because I'm just getting lazy. Um, but, but your cooking always looks so beautiful. Some Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes when I'm at the height of stress, I can't even do that. So I'm just like, yeah, I hear that. you know, anyway. <laughs> Actually, both your cooking looks beautiful. Charlie, Charlie's you seem to like... Charlie's like up these baking god of gourmet. Yeah. <laughs> Too much. I do, I, do love, I do love baking. I like, so just before we, we, uh, we like, lockdown happened, like, my, the new house that I've moved into has, is, like, almost done. And I was, like, so excited to host all these dinner parties and be a real adult. And then, yeah, pandemic. Obviously, it's minor in, in terms of, like, but, but it would have been nice. Times. I would have been there yeah, every day. Be nice. <laughs> um, I, I have been outside to pick up various bits and bobs, which has been nice. <laughs> and then finally, Emma, what's your lockdown anthem been? <laughs> it's not. It's not just one. It's not one tune per se. Okay, if it, if it was one tune, it would probably be the theme tune from Korean Odyssey, which is like the K-pop song by an artist called Bumkey. Um, 
which <laughs> yeah maybe I'm not pronouncing it properly but it's spelled okay. bumkey um and I didn't know anything about k-pop before but it seems to be quite like genre melding so it's like loads of different like genres of music like kind of fused together in like one track and first of all I was like oh my god this is like so cheesy but as I watched like the program more and more I heard it more and more and I kind of got indoctrinated with it and then I just like listened to it all the time so that and then the far end of the spectrum I've been listening to like a lot of like um like roots reggae because I just like it's like kind of righteous revolutionary energy yeah me too me too I I, I need to I need to listen to it more all year round I find myself like slightly waiting for the sun um but 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 yeah thank you so much emma for joining us and discussing many things you're welcome. The boy book and capitalism and you know the system and the structure that we're living under it was wonderful yeah the two aren't mutually exclusive you can have a boy book and still like know your marks from your makeup you know exactly exactly yeah just thank you so much thank you I know you've got so much on and I can hear babies and things, but yeah, appreciate yeah, you. you. What did you think of that? I know that you're an Emma Dabbery stan. I know that you love her and have always loved her. I love her. I think she's amazing. I think she's great. So smart and like just a, a brilliant human. And I feel like as, to, as, as is to be expected with someone who is such a force for good in like so many different aspects of their life, we definitely, you know, went down some interesting tangents and and roads and and conversations within that which feel particularly pertinent to right now and I enjoyed it I mean I think I got yeah same and I think I did get a good insight into what life was like for her growing up through the context of her boy book and and I think it was it kind of built on the conversations we were having with Travis a little bit as well and um, these ideas of like your first experiences with with love or lust or obsession um and how they very much tie into your place in society and I think probably the biggest message that I took from Emma's like um extract or her reflections on her boy book was like uh what she was saying about how she couldn't control how other people viewed her in that space um and like how even though she was like going through the motions of being a teenager of like yeah of like kissing these boys and figuring all that stuff out because of her race because of like in in Ireland at that time it was tough and it was it and she was she felt singled out and and was made to feel very different and black black women are demonized or 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 like projected onto at such a young age and we see that time and time again you know time and time again this has been an ii studios production thank you so much for listening we really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll tune into the next one you can find growing up with galdam on apple podcasts the acast app spotify or wherever you get your podcasts please leave us a review rate us and subscribe it really helps the show and if you'd like to find out more about galdam you can head over to our Instagram page at Galdemzine, that's G-A-L-D-E-M-Z-I-N-E. Or you can visit our website, which is G-A-L hyphen, which is important, D-E-M dot com. Galdem has a book which is out now. It's called I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. You can find it in all good bookstores or online. Thank you so much for listening. 
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.